0: Just exalt the Lord this evening, church. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad we serve a Savior that's exalted above every enemy that we might face, exalted above every heartache, every sorrow, every sickness, every disease, every trial, every tribulation. We serve a God that's exalted above all of that. Amen. And I'm thankful that we're here to praise Him this evening and to exalt Him in that manner. Before we continue, as always, we're going to take just another moment. To go to the Lord in prayer, to ask him for his anointing, his covering, everything that we need in order to speak the word, hear the word, receive the word, and then act upon the word. Amen. So let's just pray. Father, we just continue to exalt you. We exalt you, Father, because you are worthy to be exalted. The only God that's worthy to be exalted, Father God, because you rule and reign over everything in our life and all throughout this universe. So God, I pray that you would rule in our hearts this evening. Pray that you would rule in our minds, that you would rule in my mouth and in my thoughts, God. That you would rule in this sanctuary, Father God, over every obstacle, over every hindering spirit, over every distraction, Father God, so that your word would come forth with clarity, with anointing, with power, Lord God, with revelation and truth. I pray that you would anoint your people, God. Give them ears to hear. Give them hearts that listen, Father God. And then give all of us, as always, the courage, Lord God, to respond and to be doers of your word and not hearers only. I pray, Father God, that you would continue to teach us what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. God, that you would help us to understand the the privilege that it is to be called sons and to be called daughters and children of the Most High God. And that we never take it for granted, Father God, but that we would learn to live up to that title. In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Tonight, like I said, we're going to continue our series on kingdom living. What it means to be sons and daughters of God. What it means to be children of the King. And I also want to remind you that this entire series, I know we've we've missed probably a couple in between. But I want to remind you that this series is to teach us. The supernatural ways of royalty. I want to remind you before we go on the foundational scriptures that I used at the beginning of this series in Genesis 1.26 and in 1 Samuel 10.25, because I don't want us to forget what we're building on. I don't want us to forget about the foundation that was laid because everything that I've preached since those scriptures, I want us to just keep an eye, keep an understanding of what scriptures we're actually building on, the scriptures that pull it all together. The first scripture is in Genesis 1 26 where we were told, church, that we were created in the image and in the likeness of God. We were created with his character. We were given God's power and authority to rule and reign over all of the earth, church, just like we learned even uh, on this Sunday. If you're here Sunday, Pastor Timmerman teach, taught us the same exact thing. We've actually already learned this at the beginning of this series, but it tells us that we were created in the image and the likeness of God. The truth is, in the beginning... God formed us and fashioned us out of nothing, just like he made the universe out of nothing. He fashioned and formed us from a pile of dirt and he turned us into something of great value, church. In the beginning, God breathed himself into us. He breathed his spirit. He breathed his wisdom. He breathed his character. He breathed everything about him into man, meaning us as well. And then he blessed us. He empowered us, and then he gave us the power and the authority to subdue the earth, the Bible says, and to advance his kingdom. These are some of the foundational things we need to remember and understand when it comes to kingdom living and who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God. We've got to always go back to the beginning and understand what God's intention for his people were. And his intention and his created purpose was for us to rule and reign, to have dominion and power and authority over Over every living thing, anything that would ever stand in its way, anything that would ever try to raise its ugly head against us, we were given power and authority to rule and reign over every one of those things and to advance his kingdom. The problem is sin entered into the world, and that rule and that reign was ruined. That power and that authority that we were given, church, was relinquished. You all know as well as I do that Adam rebelled against the government of God that was spoken over his life. It wasn't just spoken. God didn't waste his time to just speak. He spoke his government and his authority over Adam's life. And Adam was to yield to that. Adam was to submit to that. Just like he does with us. God doesn't just speak words for no reason. When God speaks his word, he speaks it over our lives. And you and I are to come into subjection to that and authority to that. And any time we step out of that, guess what? We lose kingdom power. We know what we are we no longer can advance the kingdom of God or advance in the kingdom of God unless we bring ourselves under God's government and under his authority which we've learned but but Adam rebelled against that that government that was spoken over his life released over his life and established over his life and because of it Adam lost his kingdom because of it, Adam lost that rule, and Adam lost that reign. He lost his power and authority and dominion that was given to him, and we lost it actually as well, church. He lost his power and his authority to rule and reign, and he became a slave to the land instead. And I want you to understand that. The very thing that Adam was given authority over, the very thing that Adam was given power over, he became a slave to instead, because he rebelled against God. He had to instead of of ruling over the land, instead of having power and authority over the land, he now had to toil with the land instead. And and I'm going to bring you back to that a little bit later, but the very thing that he was supposed to rule over, he became slave to and he had to toil with. That's what sin does. That's what happens when we don't position ourselves the way we are supposed to under the government of God. Every time we remove ourselves from the government of God and the authority of God in our lives, guess what life is going to be? It's going to be a toil. It's going to be a treachery. And we're going to be slave to something in that life instead of sons and daughters of God. And I want us to understand that, church. Remember, Adam became a slave instead of a son. And that's what we're going to look at this evening. And it happened because of sin. Remember, Adam was our first father. You all know that. Adam was our first father, and everyone born after him was born into sin. Everyone born after him was born into slavery. Everyone that was born after him was born into death, because the Bible tells us that it is appointed unto every single one of us to die once, and then comes the judgment. A lot of people say we were born to sin, and what matters is what we do. I mean, we were born to die, and and what we do in between is what counts. But the reality is, whenever we are born into this world, we are born into sin, we are born into slavery, and we are born into death. It's why you and I must be born again, church. It's why we have to be born again into a new kingdom. We have to be born into a kingdom of light, and we have to be born again into a kingdom of life so that we are no longer slaves, so that we, are, so that we can become sons and daughters of the Most High God. The reality is, <clears throat> when we come into that kingdom... We have to begin to live like we belong to that kingdom. We have to belong and act and live and move and breathe like sons instead of like slaves, church. In the garden, man's God-given rule and reign and authority over every living thing, man's God-given authority to rule and reign and to advance his kingdom, I want you to realize, was usurped by an unemployed cherub. I want you to remember that Lucifer had a job and he lost it because he rebelled against God. And somehow an unemployed cherub came and usurped the authority that God had given to Adam and God had given to man. And he does the same exact thing today. I'm going to teach as we go, but I want you to understand that Satan does not have authority over the sons and daughters of God. He has to deceive us instead, but he has no authority over us in regards to the sons and daughters of God. We relinquish it, and Adam did the same thing. The reality is, Adam lost his kingdom, not because Satan had the power to take it, but it was because Adam relinquished it. Adam relinquished the power and the authority that he had over the enemy and over every living thing, and because he did, he lost his kingdom. I want you to realize and I want you to understand that as sons and daughters of God, Satan has no authority over you. But the reality is, and the problem is, we don't live like we know that. The problem is we don't live like we believe that. We don't live like we understand that. And it's exactly why we've got to go to that verse where it teaches us, like Samuel had to teach the people the ways of royalty, we have to understand the same thing. We have to learn the ways of royalty so that we are overcomers instead of overcome. This is what we need to learn because it is available to every single one of us who have been born again into the kingdom of God and into the kingdom of dark, uh, into the kingdom of light. Here's what I want you to realize and understand that Satan has to trick us into surrendering our authority to him. He can't take it. He doesn't have the power. So he has to trick us or deceive us just like he deceived Eve and just like he deceived Adam He comes and he tries to deceive us. He can't take the power, so he deceives us instead. And this is part of the process of what I want you to learn as we go. And not only did he try to uh, deceive us into surrendering that power, he'll try to seduce us away from it as well. There's only two things that Satan can do concerning your authority and your power that has been given to you by God. He'll do one of two things. He will deceive you into thinking he has more power than you, or he will, dis- or he will seduce you away from the power and the authority and the position you have as a son or daughter of God. It's the only way he can influence your life. <clears throat> it's how he influences everyone throughout Scripture, and we'll look at it as we go. But it's how he influenced Adam And it's how he influenced Eve. He deceived them away from their position of power as a son or a daughter of the creation of God. And I don't want to get too teachy, but that's what I want you to understand. Sadly, to give you an example, instead of taking authority over the seduction, we far too often, church, surrender to it, and we become slaves to it in the process. That's the reality. The reality is that instead of taking, far too often, instead of taking authority over the seduction of, let's say, alcohol... We surrender to it, and then we become a slave to it. It's called an alcoholic. It's called alcoholism. But I want you to understand that as God's creation, as sons and daughters, we're supposed to exercise authority over that seduction. And when you don't exercise authority over this seduction, you're seduced away from the power God has given you. And what happens is we become a slave to alcohol. Or we are seduced, church, uh, by the sedu- we are seduced by drugs or we are seduced by pornography or we are seduced by lust or we are seduced by pride or we are seduced away from our position of power by, by our own egos or the lust of the flesh. And I can make lists and lists and lists. Some of us are seduced away by temper. Some of us are seduced away by anger. But the reality is instead of taking authority over those things that the devil brings into our life, we surrender to them. And before you know it, we're slaves to them. Instead of sons, we walk around like slaves. It happens all the time. And what we have to learn to do as sons and daughters of God, when anything comes into our life, to seduce us away, it's there for one reason. It's to take you away from the position of power that God has made available to you and me. And what we have to learn to do is take authority over that spirit of seduction that is trying to move us away from the position of power that we have been given. That's the way the devil takes us and defeats us. He can't defeat us unless he seduces us first. He can't defeat us unless he deceives us first. It's why we have to be on guard. It's why we have to watch. It's why we have to stay in the Word. It's why we have to stay in prayer. It's why we have to be conscious of the devil's schemes and tactics in our life. Because he wants to take us away from that position of power that has been given to us by God our Father. That's who we are as sons and daughters of God, church, and we have to realize that. Ever since then, ever since, church, Adam sinned and became a slave to sin, we have as well. All of his offspring have become slaves to sin and death like I've talked about. Ever since then, man has been trying to advance his own kingdom instead of the kingdom of God. Ever since then... Man has been trying to build up and advance his own name instead of the name of the Lord, instead of the name of Jehovah, instead of the name of Jesus. We want to build up our name and our kingdom and our ego and our pride and our will and our ways instead of advancing the kingdom of God. This is what we need to realize. Ever since Adam's fall, man has been trying to do his own thing, church. The reality is unless we're advancing the kingdom of God, we're we're advancing our own kingdom. The reality is, unless we are lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, we're lifting up our own name instead. The reality is, church, unless we are building God's kingdom, We're building our own kingdom instead. Unless you're defending God's kingdom, you're defending your own kingdom instead. Unless you're obeying God's rule and God's government, you're obeying the wrong government. But my hope, church, is that tonight we are all here to lift up the name of Jesus. My hope is that every single one of us here tonight are here to build up the name of Jehovah and the name of the Lord, church. My hope is that we've all gathered here to advance the kingdom of God and to learn what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God so we can advance the kingdom of God. That's what my hope is, church. So I want to fast forward real quick to 1 Samuel 10.25. It's where God's chosen people were brought out of bondage. It's the foundational scripture that we looked at uh, earlier in our series. But it's where the people, the children of Israel, they weren't really the children of Israel yet because that nation wasn't formed. They were just God's chosen people. He selected them out, but they have been brought out of bondage at this point. They'd been brought out of slavery. They'd been delivered by the, the by Moses out of the, the land of Egypt and from under the rule of Pharaoh Church. But they still had to be taught the ways of royalty. The Bible says, then Samuel explained to the people the behavior of royalty or the ways of royalty. And he wrote it in a book and he laid it up for the people. He wrote it in a book so everyone could read it. He wrote it in a book so everyone could learn it. He wrote it in a book... So everyone could study it. He wrote it in a book so everyone would have no excuses when it came to understanding what it meant to be a child of God. He wrote it in a book so we might live by it, so we might think by it, so we might cling to it, so that it might be the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. He wrote it in a book so it could be part of our life church, so we could understand it and put it into practice in our lives. It's why God wrote this book. It's the same reason that Samuel wrote it in a book, so that people would understand the ways of royalty. I want you to understand, church, if you don't read this... You don't know, you don't have a clue as to what it means to be a son of the king. If you don't read this book and study this book and break open this book and eat this book and devour this book, you've got no idea what it means to be seated in heavenly places. You've got no idea what it means to be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. You've got no idea what it means to be bought by the blood of the lamb. You have no idea. And if you have no idea, guess what? You will live your life like a slave instead of a son. And this is what we need to understand, and that's what this lesson is all about. I know we've already looked at what I just talked about in this passage, but I want us to remember that Samuel had to teach the people of God the ways of royalty. Samuel had to teach the chosen people. The royal priesthood, the holy nation, not the heathens, not the pagans. He had to teach the children of God the ways of royalty. And he has to teach us as well. They were wrapped up in darkness. They had been in slavery and bondage for 400 years. They were slaves to sin and death, church, and Pharaoh. And God had to teach them a different way of living and a different way of thinking. And he has to teach us the same exact thing. When we come into the kingdom of God, church, we must learn the ways of that kingdom. And that's what we've been doing over the last few weeks. But that's a foundation that I taught. And I need you to understand that they had no concept of a king or a kingdom. They didn't understand the ways of a king. They didn't understand the... the, The thoughts of a king. They didn't understand how to acquire the favor of a king, which we've looked at already. They didn't know anything about the culture of the kingdom because they had never been part of one church. Because they had no understanding of the ways of royalty. And this is why it had to be taught to them. The truth is they had a slave mentality and they had to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. That's part of what we're going to look at this evening too. They had to change their mind. And not just their location. And I want you to realize that you can, you can change your location when it comes to the, the things that you need to get away from as, as, as often as you want. But unless you change your mind as well, you're going to end up right back where you started. You can change your location. You can stay out of the bars. And you can stay away from the brothels. And you can stay out away from certain places. But unless you change your mind as well... You're going to end up right back in the same exact place. You're going to end up right back in the pig pen. You're going to end up right in front of the computer. You're going to end up right back at the bottle. You're going to end up right back in this place of darkness. Because you can change the location all you want. But until you change your mind as well, you're still going to be a slave instead of a son. Now listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't change your locations. Yeah, absolutely. You need to get out of darkness. You need to get away from a lot of those things. You need to cut off some, some relationships. You need to do all of those things. But at the same time, you've got to change your mind so that you're not drawn back into a place of darkness. If you all know the story, and I'm not going to take a lot of time to do this. Listen, Lot's wife, she changed her location. She came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but she never changed her mind and never changed her heart church, and she turned into a pillar of salt because of it. She still experienced the judgment of God because she changed her location, but never changed her mind and never changed her heart. If you don't let God change your mind, you'll never change your heart ever. I mean, our heart and our mind are linked together. It's how God works. So when God changes your location, you've got to let him change your mind as well, church. This is part of the process. Listen, we looked at so far, we looked at Paul's exhortation in Romans 12:2 to be not conformed to this world. To be not conformed to the culture of this world or like it in any way, but rather to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we might prove. I uh, Now there's a lot of interpretation so that we might prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of the Father. When you begin to study it, what it's telling us is that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we might prove the power of the kingdom of God. So that we might prove the power of the kingdom of God in our lives. And until our minds are transformed, guess what? You won't demonstrate any power. Until your mind is changed and your heart is changed, you will never be able to produce the power of the kingdom in your life. And you will never experience the the power of the position that we have with God either. We must let God transform us by the renewing of our mind We've got to change the way we think. We've got to stop going through our Christian life living like slaves and start living like sons. We've got to stop thinking like slaves and start thinking like sons. This is what we need to understand in regards to kingdom living. If you want to live like a king, you better start thinking like a king. You want to live like a prince, you better start thinking like a prince. You want to live like a priest, you better start thinking like a priest. Otherwise, you'll live like a slave. Or you'll live like a peasant. Or you'll live like a spiritual pauper. And I'm going to get a little bit more into that as we go. Because I, want you to, I don't want you to think I'm teaching like name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, all that stuff. I'm not. I'll tell you what what I'm teaching as we go. But the reality is you can be set free from sin and still go through your entire Christian life thinking like paupers instead of like priests. The reality is you can go through your entire Christian life living and moving and breathing like slaves instead of sons. And we need to change that, church. And the only way that will change is through the renewing of our mind. It's what Paul teaches us. That's what we have to understand. If we don't understand the ways of royalty, we can't change the way we think about who we are and, and what our authority is and what our power is and what our position is in the family of God. We must understand that. Listen, when the prodigal son was living in rebellion, he was thinking like a slave. When the prodigal son walked away from his father and went out into a foreign land, I want you to understand, he was thinking like a slave. Therefore, he began to beg like a slave. He began to do everything, everything about his life reflected that of a slave. He was begging like a slave. Read it, the story. He was borrowing like a slave. He was attaching himself to foreigners like a slave. He was mooching like a slave. He was working. He was eating. He was living like a slave, church, because he was thinking like one. He wasn't thinking like a son Because if he was thinking like a son, he would have never left the father. If he was thinking like a son, he would have brought honor to the father and honor to the home. But he started thinking like a slave. And guess what? He found himself in bondage. He found himself separated from blessing and separated from his position of power in his father's household. It's what happens when you think like a slave instead of like a son. You end up in a pig pen separated from the power and position that God has established for us. We have to understand, listen, he was living like a slave until something happened. Until he came to his senses, the Bible says. Until he changed his mind. Until something happened in the center of his mind and in the center of his heart. He came to his senses, the Bible says. He changed his mind. Uh, He was living like a slave until he renewed the way of his thinking and started thinking once again like a son. It's what drove him back home. He started to think about the Father. He started to think about his kingdom he started to think like he used to think as a son, and it drove him back home to the father. If he would have never changed his mind, if he would have never been transformed here by the renewing of his mind and the way that he was thinking, he'd be still stuck in his slop. And you and I will do the same thing. You can be born again, I'm going to say, and still live like a slave You can be born again and still live like a pauper. You can be born again and still live like a beggar. You can be born again and still be begging for God's provisions in your life because you're thinking like a slave instead of like a son. Sons don't beg. Slaves do. Daughters don't beg. Slaves do. They know what their position is. That's, this is what we have to learn about a kingdom. When you are part of kingdom royalty, you understand your position and don't have to beg for anything. Listen, the prodigal son even said, I'll go home and beg. But he didn't have to. Because that's not the way kingdom, that's not the way kingdom principles work. He didn't have to beg. We don't have to beg God. If we're begging God, there's something wrong in our faith. If we're begging God, there's something wrong in our relationship with God. Because if we're begging, we're thinking like a slave instead of like a son. And if you find yourself constantly begging and begging and begging and pleading and pleading and pleading, there's something wrong in your relationship with God. The devil has deceived you. Or the devil has seduced you away from your position of power. Now listen, please don't misunderstand me. Are there times you gotta knock more than once? Are there times you gotta tarry a little bit longer? Are there times you gotta cry out a little louder? Are there times you gotta bend the knee a little lower? Yes, 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 yes. But in the midst of all of that, you cannot lose the understanding that I am a son and daughter of the most high God. Amen. And the devil has no authority over me unless I surrender it to him. But that's what we're doing. All the time we're surrendering to the seductions that the devil brings our way. And we end up living like slaves instead of like sons. I want you to know tonight, church, God is looking for some sons. God is looking for some daughters. God is looking for some individuals who understand what it means to be a child of the Most High God. Because unless you understand that, you'll never demonstrate it. Unless you understand that, you'll never move in it. You'll never operate in it. You'll never experience it in your life. You'll be looking around begging for that kind of stuff in your life. And it's not going to come. Because you have to change the way you think. Because you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, this may sound harsh, but I want you to understand that slaves cannot prove the power of the kingdom. Slaves cannot prove the power of the kingdom, and they cannot advance it either. I don't want my teaching to be boring, but you must catch this, church. Slaves cannot prove the power of the kingdom. And I'm going to give you examples why. It's why the Jews had to be delivered from bondage so they could advance the kingdom of God. The Jews could not advance the kingdom of God. They could, not, they could not advance the lineage of God. You understand what I'm saying? While they were in bondage. So what did God have to do? He had to send a deliverer to deliver them so that they could advance the kingdom of God. It's why Jesus was delivered from the grave church so that He could advance the kingdom of life, so that He could advance the kingdom of His Father. Listen to me. If Jesus would have never come out of the grave, the kingdom would have never been advanced. Because slaves cannot advance the kingdom of God. Slaves cannot produce the power of the kingdom of God. It's why we must change the way we think. Because if we think like a slave, we'll never advance the kingdom of God. It's why Paul and Silas were delivered out of their prison church so that they could advance the word of the Lord, so that they could advance the good news of the gospel, so that they could advance the kingdom of God. It's why the disciples, the disciples prayed for Peter when he was in prison because they knew he couldn't advance the kingdom of God if he was locked up in prison. And what did God do? He sent some angels down and opened up the doors and let them walk right by all of the guards. Because slaves cannot produce the power of God. Do you understand? Even John, the apostle, while he was locked up and imprisoned on the island of Patmos, please catch this, God could not even keep him in that prison in order to give him his revelation. God had to actually take Peter out, uh, or John out of his prison, up into heaven, so that he could receive a revelation so that He could advance the kingdom of God, because slaves cannot advance the kingdom of God. God himself knew that rule. I can't advance the kingdom while Peter or while John stuck in this prison. So I'm going to bring him up into the heavens, and while he's in the heavens, I'm going to give him revelation. Listen to me, church. Slaves don't receive revelation. Slaves don't receive understanding. Slaves don't receive the power of God and the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God. Slaves cannot move and advance the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of God. Please grasp that, church, because it will dictate the success of your Christian walk If you are in a mental, spiritual prison, you cannot go forward for God. You will not experience kingdom living in your life. Please understand that. The mind that is imprisoned cannot bring forth the power of God either. Just like he had to free these men out of prison. He has to free our mind as well. The mind that cannot, the mind that is imprisoned cannot bring forth the power of God either unless it's renewed. Listen, the mind that's filled with fear, the mind that's filled with doubt, the mind that's filled with frustration, the mind that's filled with worry, the mind that's filled with depression, do you think it can bring forth the power of God? No, it can't. It demonstrates the power of the wrong kingdom. We must change the way we think. We must take authority, please understand me, fear is the devil's way of deceiving you into thinking he has more power than you. Worry, doubt, frustration, it's all a tool to deceive you into thinking he has more power and authority than you do. And we buy into it. You see, fear is a demonstration that you're believing the devil's deceit more than you're believing the word of God. You understand that? When you have fear, worry, and doubt, and frustration in your life, what you are saying is the devil has just deceived me into believing that he has more power than I have, than I've been given through the blood of Jesus Christ. But the sad reality is it's where so many of us live. We live in this place of surrender and deception. And we wonder why the kingdom of God's not coming into our life. Because we have not yet learned the ways of royalty. Because we've not learned to take authority over that thing that is trying to deceive me and that thing that is trying to seduce me. Listen, it can be in any area. Ladies will have men try to come and seduce them away from their position as a woman of God. Men will have a lady come and try to seduce them away from their powerful position in God. In every area of our life it will happen, but that's one that's obvious, so I use it. But I want you to understand, church, that's how the devil drags us away. And we must remember that slaves, an enslaved individual, and an enslaved mind cannot produce the power of God's kingdom. And it will not bring forth the kingdom of God either. Remember, the word of God tells us that as a man thinks, so he is. As a man thinks, so he is. This is what it means. As a man thinks, so shall he live and move and breathe. As a man thinks, so will he operate. So will he make a decision. So will he, as a man thinks, so will he live and move and breathe. The reality is, if you think like a slave, you're going to live like a slave. If you think like a pauper, you're going to live like a pauper. You're going to live in bondage. If you think like a slave... If you think that the devil has more power over you than God has given you, you're going to live like a slave church. You're going to live in bondage. Listen, a person that grumbles, a person that complains, a person that is always negative about every little thing that you might talk to them about in life, a person that is woeing me over every little thing in their life. I want you to understand has a mind that has not been set free. I want you to understand that that is an individual that has the mind of a slave. And you better not yoke yourself to that person. Because that person will never bring you through. That person will never pray through with you. That person will never tarry with you. That person will drag you down. That person will bind you up. You need to realize that when you, when you, when you hang around with it, you feel it. You hang around with a negative person, man, you begin to feel it. I mean, boy, it just drags you down and you're thinking, man, I wish this conversation would be over. Find every little way. Listen, you know negative people as soon as you see me. Go the other way. Because the reality is, listen to me, all I'm trying to tell you is that an individual that operates like that has a mind that's still enslaved. They have a mind that's not been transformed. They have a mind that thinks like a slave instead of like a son. And you need to find some individuals that have the mind of a son. You need to find some individuals in your life that have the mind of a daughter of God and a and a child of God or a son of God. You, you listen to me, when we go to building this church, this six million dollar project, you better believe that the pastor is going to surround himself with sons and daughters and not slaves. You better believe he's going to reach out to those individuals that he knows gonna pray with them and, and support him and stand in the gap with them and believe with him and trust with them and have faith with him. Not a bunch of slaves that think that the devil's got more power than we do to advance the kingdom of God. Listen, if we think like slaves, we won't expand one inch. If we think like slaves, if we think that the devil's got more authority and power over us than God has given us, we won't add one single chair. But I want you to understand the reason we're so packed, the reason we're running out of room, the reason we're looking at building a $6 million project is because you've got a pastor that thinks like a son. You've got a pastor that, that lives like a son. You've got a pastor that understands what it means to be a son or daughter of the Most High God. He's not a slave church. And we shouldn't be either. I want you to keep that in mind. Listen, please don't get me wrong like I talked about earlier. I'm not talking about positive thinking like L. Ron Hubbard and, you know, Christian Science Monitor. I'm not talking about, like I said, naming it and claiming it and framing it. I'm not talking about blabbing it and grabbing it. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about envisioning it until it happens. I'm not talking about taking a picture of a car and putting it up on your, putting it up on your refrigerator until it magically appears in your parking lot. That's not what I'm talking about. That's false doctrine if someone's teaching you that. That's a lie if someone's teaching you that. Because there are things we have to learn and understand about the ways of royalty. There's things we have to earn. Remember, there's earned rewards and unearned rewards. You can't live like hell and expect heaven to move on your behalf. That's my point. Okay? It's not going to happen. So the point that I'm making is I'm not talking about this loose name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. What I'm talking about, church, is coming to an understanding and being transformed in our minds from son or from slave to son. I'm talking about being transformed, church, in the, by the, the renewing of our mind. I'm talking about transforming our mind by studying And learning and reading and understanding church and learning the principles behind being sons and daughters of God. Listen, you can claim prosperity all you want. You can name it, claim it, blab it. You can put pictures of it up like I talked to you about, but it's not going to come into your life until you learn the principles of prosperity, which I've been trying to teach you over the last several weeks. It doesn't mean, oh, I think I'm rich. I'm just going to be rich. It's not the way it works. You have to think like royalty. You have to think like a son so that your life can become transformed by the way you think. And that's when prosperity starts to come. Listen, you can name and claim being wisdom and being wise all you want. You, you, You can come to me and say, I'm wise. I've got understanding. I'm really intelligent. You can say that all you want. But until you educate yourself, until you study to show yourself approved, guess what? You're going to be as ignorant as a potato. It's not going to happen until you educate yourself, until you learn the ways of royalty, till you learn what it means to be sons and daughters of God. Listen, the same truth applies. You can call yourself a son or daughter of God all you want. We do it all the time. The church is filled with people naming and claiming the fact that I'm a son of God. Naming and claiming and framing. I'm a I'm a child of the king. But you'd never know it by the way they talk. You never know it by the the way they live. You never know it by the the things they do. You never know it by their life, church. Look, you, and until you learn what it means to be a son or a daughter of God, you can't be one. You cannot be royalty Or act like royalty or live like royalty until you understand the ways of royalty. It's why Samuel taught his children and why God has directed me to try to teach you as well. I hope you understand there's no power in ignorance. There is power in wisdom. There is power in knowledge. And there's supernatural wisdom and supernatural knowledge when you begin to understand God. When you begin to understand the word. When you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit and be transformed by the renewing of your mind, church, that's how the power of God's kingdom begins to come into your life. Listen, the truth is, if we're truly citizens of God, then we ought to be operating at a level, church, that the world can't operate at. If you and I call ourselves sons and daughters of God, guess what? I should be operating at a level that anyone outside of the kingdom can't operate in. I should be living and moving and breathing at such a level that mystifies those who aren't in the kingdom of God. I'd be living and moving and breathing and operating in such a, 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 a within my position of power as a son or daughter of God that people would look at me and say, wow! What's that? That's why the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and give glory to our Father which is in heaven. I hope you're grasping this stuff, church. If we don't understand it, we can't live it. If we don't know it, we can't operate in it. And this is what we have to understand. We have to completely change the way we think. When we come into his kingdom, we have to think like sons and not slaves. And unless we do, we'll never operate with kingdom power. I'm going to start bringing this to a close, but there's a couple things that I want you to see. What I want you to see, church, is that Even though the children of God were brought out of bondage and out of Egypt, they still thought like slaves and they still thought like paupers. That's why when they came to the Red Sea... They were delivered from the hand of the enemy, they were delivered from the hand of Pharaoh, they were brought out of bondage, and they find themselves at the Red Sea, demonstrating that they still thought like slaves and still thought like paupers, because when they found themselves at the Red Sea pursuing their promise and the enemy came against them, the Bible says they lifted up their voice aloud to Moses, and you know what they said. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness where there are not enough graves in Egypt? You should have left us alone. You should have left us there. You see, that's the, that's the mindset of a slave, not the mindset of a son. That's the mindset of a slave, and that's what they had. They still had the mentality of a slave, and it's why later Samuel had to teach them the ways, church, of royalty. What you need to understand is that their minds were still in bondage. They might have been set free physically, but they were not yet set free mentally. And the reality is Moses had a prince mentality. Moses had a son's mentality. And this is where I'm going to start to close. Because Moses understood the supernatural ways of royalty. That's why he was able to say in response to their negativity. That's why he was able to say in response to their lack of faith. That's why he was able to say in response to their slave mentality. He was able to say, fear not. He was able to say, I don't, th- I don't care what the odds against you look like, fear not and look up. For the enemy that you see marching against you today, you shall see no more forever. You see, Moses understood his position of power. Moses understood the one who sent him and whose authority he went in. You understand what I'm saying earlier on in, 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 in the Word of God? The Bible, Moses said, well, when God called him, who who shall I say that sent me? Who shall I? Well, who sent him? The I am. That's all God said. Tell him the I am sent you. The reality is Moses understood his position of power when he went to Pharaoh. Moses understood that the power that God had given him was greater than any power that Pharaoh might ever have. Moses understood who sent him. The I am sent me. And what you and I need to realize too is who sent us. Who is the one that called us to go forth and be salt? Who is the one that called us to go forth and be light? Who is the one that told called us to go forth into all the earth and share the good news, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded to us or to him? The I am sent us, church. He has sent us and he has empowered us. But the reality is unless we think like sons... We'll never advance his kingdom. We will never never have the light of God come forth in our life. Remember, Moses was already taught the ways of royalty, church. I hope you remember that and I hope you understand that. For 40 years, Moses ruled and reigned as prince of Egypt. He understood all about royalty. He understood all about a kingdom. He understood all about the favor of the king and the power of the king. He understood what it meant to be a prince of princes. He understood it. But now he wasn't, he was no longer a prince of Egypt, he was a prince of God's people. So when he went, listen, when he went before Pharaoh, he understood that the one that just sent me has more power than the position I ever held there, has more power than Pharaoh, has more power than anyone else, and that's why I can say, set my people free. The devil tried to deceive him. The devil tried to seduce him, but Moses went forth under the power of his position with God. We've got to do the same thing, church. So what I want to encourage you, heres I'm going to finish up next week with this and then even get into some keys of the kingdom. But what you need to understand as I bring this to a close, church is that God is looking for some individuals who think like sons. He's looking for some individuals who are able to demonstrate the power of the kingdom of God in their life. I want you to remember two things. Satan had no power over Samson until Samson was seduced away from the position of power he had. Had no power over him. Delilah tried it a hundred times, but until he was seduced away from the power of God, that's when he was defeated. So my challenge to you is to understand your position as a son or daughter this evening and to not allow the devil to deceive you or seduce you away from that power. Because if he does, you won't be victorious. If he does, you will live like a slave instead of a son. But God wants all of us to live like a son, not just for us, church, but for his glory and so that the kingdom of God can advance. If you're here tonight and you say, God, I need to think more like a son. I need to think more like a daughter so that I can advance the kingdom of God, so that I can keep from being seduced and deceived by the enemy. That's my desire tonight. If that's your desire, I want you to stand with me so we can pray because that's where we, that's the understanding we have to come to, church. I want to be a son tonight, God. I want to be a daughter tonight. I might have that title, God, but I need to start thinking like it. I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I can advance the power of the kingdom of God. Amen. So as I pray, you pray. You know where God needs to move. You know where, what work God needs to do in your heart. So you do that as we pray in Jesus' name. Father God. We thank you for your, your word this evening, Father God. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your truths and revelations, Father God. We thank you for the position of power we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. But I pray that we would always understand, Father, that we could be seduced away from that position. And we can be deceived away from that position, just like so many in the Word of God were. And I pray today, Father God, that you would transform our minds. God, that you would bring us into that place where we can think like sons and think like daughters so that we could live like sons and live like daughters. I'm not teaching some name it, claim it kind of thing. God, you know my heart. and You know what word I was trying to bring forth. I'm trying, Father God, to bring forth what you brought into my soul that we need to understand what it means to be royalty. That we need to understand what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God so that we can advance the kingdom of God and demonstrate the power of God. God, I pray that you would free anyone that's enslaved this evening. I pray, Father God, that you would break every yoke of bondage. God, I pray against every addiction. I pray against every fear. I pray against every doubt. I pray against every frustration. I pray against the spirit of depression, Father God, that Wyatt would try to ensnare your people and seduce them or deceive them away from who they are in you. I thank you that you've made us more than conquerors, God, through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father God, that there is no weapon formed against us that can prosper against us. I thank you this evening, Father, that if you are for us, no one can stand against us. And God, if we have the mind of a son, we understand that. If we have the mind of a daughter, we understand that. So I pray, God, that you would transform our minds this evening. So that we could think like sons and think like daughters and think like royalty. So that we could therefore live like sons and live like daughters and live like royalty. Not for our own gain, not for our own ego, not to boast us, to boast on ourselves, God, but to boast on You and to advance Your kingdom. Give us the power to do that, God. Give us the anointing to go, therefore, into all the earth and share the good news of Jesus Christ and answer the call to go forth and advance the kingdom of God. Thank you for your word this evening, God. Let it find a place in the soil of our soul and let it not be snatched away. I pray that it would be multiplied in our hearts, that you would allow us to continue to chew on it and meditate on it and bring other truths out of it, Father God, that could solidify and strengthen our walk with you. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Can we just bless the Lord this evening, church? Amen. If you have a special need and a special prayer, be happy to tarry with you and exercise the authority God has given us. Otherwise, walk in that knowledge, church.